Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I do come here. Uh, I speak Spanish. I've worked in Spanish for 30 years. I really want to get to know the immigrant community uh, here in Providence and in Rhode Island. All I can claim is in 18 years that I would have been here, I've, um, I've worked hard and I've done my best. So that's what 18 years feels like. Bishop Thomas Tobin is in for us his last interview at 10 News Conference. Holding the powerful accountable from Washington, D.C. to right here in southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicente. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicente. This is 10 News Conference. Joining me in studio is the Roman Catholic Diocese of Providence, Bishop Thomas Tobin, who's been here for 18 years, as we just uh, saw, and he's about to turn 75. Actually, he turned 75 already. That means uh, automatic uh, submission of your uh, resignation, and the Pope is expected to accept it, and then you move on to other things. What are you moving on to other things? What is the other thing? Well, as, as you described the process, that's exactly right. My letter has been sent in because I did turn 75 on right. April 1st, and now it's, <clears throat> excuse me, up for the Holy Father to decide um, when he wants to accept it, and I will be um, retired, uh, as the official word is I've resigned my office, but yeah. I will be retired in effect, and I'll still be here. I'll be living in Rhode Island, living in the Diocese of Providence, and willing and able to help out the new bishop in any way he would like me to help right. out, especially with ceremonies, liturgies, confirmations, those kinds of uh, sacramental and liturgical things. But apart from that, when you say retired, what, what does that mean? I mean, he may call upon you, help me with a, a confirmation here. Uh, what does that mean, a retired bishop? Are you free to do whatever you want and just, I'm going to travel, I'm going to read, and, and I'm here if you need me? Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the documents from the uh, Vatican about retired bishops says a bishop is never unemployed. It's very yeah. interesting insight, never unemployed. But what it means is I continue to be a bishop, which I can means I can help out with all the liturgical yeah. and sacramental things and teaching and preaching. What it means to be retired is I'm no longer responsible for no longer in charge of leading the diocese, right. no longer responsible for the governance of the diocese on an administrative level. That's what the new bishop will do. And again, I will be helping him in any way that I can, but no longer responsible for all the meetings and the administration and the policies and the finances and the personnel and all of those things that are part of leading yep. a large organization. And the aggravation and the division and the stories and the press, you give all that up. You, are you happy? Yeah, I Have am happy. Have you had enough? That, <laughs> that, here, it's all yours. Yeah. Go. Well, there's a sense that uh, there will be a great sense of relief, I think. Yep. Uh, keep in mind, you know, I've been in charge of a, a diocese in Youngstown, which you recall fondly, and now in Providence for 27 years. Yep. Um, that's, combined. That's all combined to the yeah, two. Yeah, sure. That's almost seven terms equivalent okay. to being seven terms of governor or president. And though they say the presidents and, and governors get, get tired, get worn out after two terms. I've, in effect, I've had seven terms of leading a large organization in, in Ohio yep. and now certainly here in Providence for 18 years. So it's a lot of responsibility. 
you know, lots of obligations and lots of concerns every day that we, we deal with when we go to the office. Um, in, this, in this state, in, in Rhode Island, the, um, the bishop, the way it's structured legally, yeah. the bishop is the president of many, many corporations, 200 corporations. So the bishop is the president of every parish corporation, many diocesan yeah. corporations, the, the, um, the, school, other, the ministries, colleges. the school, yeah, not, yeah. The, not the colleges. But, but you're the, on the boards as well. On the board, yeah. and certainly the province college, but the high school, it's just an enormous yeah. administrative work and all the obligations and challenges and questions go with us. So, yeah, when the time comes and the Holy Father accepts my uh, resignation, my retirement, um, I will be grateful and I'll, I'll be relieved. Okay. Well, look, these are. Uh, I, I suspect it might have been easier in the 40s uh, to do what you do. Uh, a little more adherence, a little more discipline, a little less pushback. The media was different. These days, uh, you don't make a move without being controversial. And I suppose when you say, I'm ready to leave, there are people, plenty of people who say, <laughs> He's ready to leave. It's about time. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. People good. have already said they're having parties when I retire. So. Well, is that true? Now, you have a good sense of humor <laughs> about this, but you've been kind of divisive. And you know, wait, listen, we're not breaking news here. Sure. You have, your, you have fans, but you have a lot of detractors. Uh, so go ahead. Get, take it by the horns and let's go. Well, um, I, I think anyone in a position of leadership today, yeah. in today's world, in today's nation, in today's church, is going to be somewhat... Um, controversial and somewhat divisive. I mean, you talk about the Holy Father, the Pope, or other bishops. In, a, in the political realm, you talk about the president, pastor, or president, or right. the governor. Anyone in a leadership position is going to cause some division, some controversy. And that's certainly true for a bishop today in the Catholic Church. If a bishop is doing his job, if he's preaching the gospel, if he's maintaining the traditional teachings of the church, there are going to be a lot of people who don't accept that, who reject it, and sometimes it becomes very, very personal. But that's the job of the bishop, to teach the truth, yeah. to teach the faith. Now in a very uh, secular society, in a society that doesn't accept spiritual things and things religious, the values have changed, the practices have changed. So anyone who's doing his job as a bishop okay. Will have some enemies if I he's doing his job well. I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have a thick skin personally, inwardly. Uh, those who profess to have a thick skin, everything bothers. People are bothered by a lot of things in the privacy of their own <laughs> thoughts. Uh, but outwardly, you appear to have a thick skin. You just went through this whole thing with the uh, the uh, no dispensation for corned beef, <laughs> yes. right? You got hammered for that. No, you did. What would you say about that? A lot no. of people think it was, <laughs> you've heard that. <laughs> so, oh, oh, he's being a little vindictive on the way out, a little, little spank yeah. on the way out because you didn't listen to him all the time. Yeah. No, well, again, something like that, a very practical thing like the dispensation for St. Patrick's Day, that's a very specific, very, very practical kind of thing. But there are larger issues, too, in terms of uh, teachings of the church and the faith and, and well, the I commandments. I want to get to and, all of that, but sure. it, this kind of was sort of the last thing on the way out. Yeah, and it did leave a well, little sour taste. It, it, it may be the last thing. Who knows? Well, at this point. Oh, you have more play for us? <laughs> no, I don't think there's time for anything else. Right. No, I, I know what you mean, though. You know what? And, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, that was a function of when St. Patrick's Day was and yeah. when Lent was. It had nothing to do with my impending retirement. You know, and I understand completely the whole thing with corned beef on St. Patrick's Day on a Friday in Lent. That's one of those somewhat humorous things where Catholic culture collides with right. popular culture. On the other hand, it was also in some ways a very serious thing because the disciplines of Lent, the fasting, 
the prayer, yeah. the abstaining from meat, sacrifices, they have a purpose. And the purpose of those things is to help us to share in the suffering and death of Jesus, right. suffering death of Christ. So you don't dispense from those things lightly. And if you do dispense from them, there should be some other way of sharing that. So in a way, it was a humorous thing, and I understood in, in the reaction. Um, but on the other hand, it was a very serious thing because we're dealing with the sacrifices and the spiritual nature of Lent that helps us to be related to Jesus Christ and his suffering and death. Right. And by the way, keep in mind that we did give dispensations to anybody yes. who asked. So if they had a reason, they just had to ask and they got a uh, so dispensation. Much, so much more to talk to you about. But sure. you had you had given the dispensation years ago without a, without a thought, and then you kind of reversed yourself. Let me tell you what happened to me. I was at, I was at a couple of corned beef dinners, and this came up, and sure. you came up. Of course. And... Uh, they were not saying very flattering things. And I found myself saying, listen, he's really nice one-on-one. -on -one. I know him a long time. Sure. I, I, I went out when he came from Ohio. Uh, that's what I get. So, you know. Well, again, I think people have to keep things in perspective. Again, I understand it was one of those things that caused a lot of emotion at the time and a lot of response. On the other hand, you know, what we were asking people to do was to not eat meat on a Friday in Lent. Yeah. There are Christians around the world who are suffering martyrdom and dying for their faith every day. Yeah. Every day, even as we speak today, there are people dying for their faith because of their faith in Jesus. I asked people not to eat meat on Friday, and it was like third world war. Okay. And by the way, yep. there are lots of other dioceses in the uh, United States that did not give the dispensation either, including the Archdiocese of Chicago, where they dye the river green. So they have their own problems. It, it, it wasn't, <laughs> we don't want to be it Chicago. Wasn't, it wasn't unique to me and had nothing to do with my impending retirement. Okay, uh, let's get to more serious <laughs> topics after this break. Uh, stay with us uh, and let's really dig in. Uh, Bishop Tobin's last interview for 10 News Conference before he, before he goes on to other things. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you for turning to 10, your news leader. 10 News Conference with Gene Valicenti continues right now. I believe in and will uphold Catholic teaching. Okay. So that's, if that makes me conservative, I don't know that the people, other people can decide that. I think he's very well prepared to lead the diocese, but time will tell. He will have to come in and learn the diocese and he'll stake out his own positions. Well, that's the new bishop who's coming in and Bishop Tobin, who's leaving about, uh, about to retire, is with me. Uh, welcome back, thanks for coming in once again. Thank you. Uh, your successor is in place already. Mm -hmm. He's ready to go. I assume he's not chosen by the Vatican unless his thoughts are in with the Pope. And sometimes your thoughts haven't always been in sync 
with the Pope, which is fine. The Pope is infallible on matters of doctrine, correct? But correct. On, on matters of opinion and direction of the church, you're free to disagree, and yeah, you have. Of course. Yeah, and again, you're exactly right. When we talk about the Holy Father being infallible, that's on essential yeah. matters of faith and morals. But he also, he also has a lot of opinions. He has yeah. practical uh, pastoral issues and so forth. So you don't necessarily have to agree with everything a, a pope says and does. And I do have a great deal of respect and affection for Pope Francis. He's been terrific. I think he right. is the pope that we need in the church at this time. He has certainly opened the, the world and the church up to these issues, and that's wonderful. But it doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he says and does on a practical practical realm. You know, we have those disagreements yeah. in families. Sometimes you disagree. It doesn't mean you don't love somebody. You disagree. Right. And, but that's, um, and I think the Pope has encouraged that kind of discussion, that kind of debate as well. Well, that has made you controversial on occasion. We just gets back to this. We, you, you have been a divisive figure in certain things. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, some people may applaud you. You're the one who has to say no. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're the one who told uh, President Biden, if you come to my diocese while I'm the bishop, don't come to church. In fact, you told me that directly. And you've gone after some uh, Democrat uh, politicians who were Catholic but are pro-choice. You've laid them out on that. So this comes at your territory. You sure. say no. Right. Well, again, I think it's the role of the bishop to, uh, to maintain the traditional, essential, moral, and doctrinal teachings of the church. If the church doesn't uphold these traditional values in the world today, who will do that? That's the work of the faith community. It's the work of the church to, to promote the gospel of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ and all the traditional values and, and teachings that are part of that. And if we don't do it, who will do it? Obviously, it's not going to be well received all the time because we're living in a very secular world. You know, religious mm -hmm. practice is down across the globe and certainly in the United States and the Western world. We're not living in a time of great affinity for, a great affection for religious and spiritual values. So someone who comes on the scene, like a Catholic bishop, right. to try to uphold traditional teachings about life and marriage and sexuality and other moral issues is not going to be well received. The prophets in the history of the church and the history of the Bible were never well received either. Jesus wasn't always well received because he was going against the flow. That's part of being a bishop. It's part of being a teacher in the life of the world today. Do you think it has come across as too stern sometimes? Probably. You have your commitments, but sometimes a little too stern, uh, a little heavy-handed. Go yeah, ahead. Well, I mean, um, it's reflection time. Sure, it is reflection time, and I suppose many people have said that, that it's um, heavy-handed, as you say, it's, it's old-fashioned, it's, yeah. it's discriminatory, it's bigoted, it's not true. People will say those things, but I also get a lot of support from Catholics who write to me, who stop me, who speak to me and say, thank you for upholding the truth. Thank you for maintaining the teachings of the church because you're one of the few people in our community who are doing it. So there's been a lot of negative reaction, okay. but I'm grateful for a lot of positive reaction and support as well. I'm doing my job as Jesus has called me to do it for regardless of uh, popular reactions. Right. You, uh, you, you're the strongest on pro-life uh, of any bishop, yes. I think. That's it. <clears throat> there's, no, there's no quarter. There's, no, there's nothing. It's pro-life, and that's it. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the fundamental and essential values of our, of our time, the respect right. and dignity for human life. And it's being threatened in many different ways with abortion and now euthanasia and other, other issues, capital punishment in some places. Human life is a sacred gift. Every child that's born is a child of God, made in the image and likeness of God. 
it's a grave ill, a grave um, uh, ill, a sin, an evil to destroy the life that God has created. And every time an abortion takes place, that's what happens. It's a terrible evil. And that's why I think the church has been so, so strong and, and very yeah. clear on that. And you, but you know, there are many come into your church uh, who may feel it's fine. Maybe it's not for me personally, but I'm not going to tell somebody else what to do. They're in, they're in your pews. They're oh, sitting there. Oh, you know that you're Catholics. Of course. Who, who, oh, oh, absolutely. I, I think differently, I'm, but they're there. I'm keenly aware of that, not just on the abortion issue, but other things as well. Yeah. But um, it means the church has to continue teaching and preaching. You know, we'll never have 100% of people agree with everything we say and do, including in our own church. But it's the work of the church to teach and to preach the gospel and pray that people will understand and will respond. We have a, I think our challenge is to teach more clearly and, and in a way that's more understandable to people. Maybe we haven't always done that. Holy Father Pope Francis has also emphasized compassion and inclusion and so forth. And that's important. That's very important. But we don't uh, do that to the, the cost of watering yeah. down our teachings that we have from Christ. And teachings on birth control, just before we go to another quick break. <laughs> They're all related, again, to the yeah. human life issue. So Are they anti is it antiquated? Is it time to revise that? Well, I don't think so because, again, can, this can is... Can we revise that? We keep pro-life, <clears throat> the sanctity of life, firm. No change, mm -hmm. but with regard to birth control, well, again, is there revision or no room, or you connect the two and there's no dialogue? You know, I think that they're all connected in some ways, in different ways. I yeah. mean, birth control is not the same as abortion or euthanasia. They're all True. a little bit different, but they're all part of that garment of life, all respect for human life. And Paul VI, you know, when he wrote Humanae Vitae about contraception, he pointed out very prophetically and very clearly that if we change the teaching on contraception and birth control, other things could happen as well. And that's exactly what we've come to. And, All the sixth was right. And at the end, you know, there was last week there was a discussion of, of euthanasia assisted suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, Cardinal at the Vatican uh, said one thing, he's revised it. He opened the door, they quickly closed it. Right. So the door is closed on that. Yeah, euthanasia is a terrible, terrible sin, terrible crime. It's destroying someone at the end of their life who is ill, frail, and it can be abused very quickly. We've seen that in other countries where now they are euthanizing disabled children or people who are depressed. It, it is a very slippery slope and euthanasia is terrible. Bishop Thomas Tobin continues with us. Uh, you know, when you came here, uh, clearly the, the, uh, the sexual uh, assault crisis was the crisis number one. That was job number one from you, for you when you came in from Ohio. You had to clean that up and uh, you had to deal with that. Now, I think, uh, there are still pending cases, right? We, mm -hmm. you, this was all kicked up again with a report to the Attorney General, correct? What's, yes. what's pending in your mind? Right. How many, well, how many you have pending? What's outstanding? Right. Well, just, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, uh, my predecessor, Bishop Mulvey of, yeah. of Blessed Memory, really was the one who dealt with the first wave of sexual True. abuse crisis. So that was all settled, at least in a legal and financial point of view, before I got here. So Bishop Mulvey did a lot of that. But then, as you say, it has reemerged again. Yeah. And it will be a constant... Um, process going forward. I don't think there's a final point where we can say it's all done. And we have to keep in mind, every time we deal with these things, whether it's lawsuits or financial reports or money or whatever, behind all this are people, the victims, the survivors of sexual abuse who have suffered a great deal. And we never want to lose sight of that fact as we talk about numbers and surveys and right. demographics and litigation and all that. We're talking about real people children, families whose lives have been harmed, whose faith has been destroyed because of the terrible evil 
terrible sin of sexual abuse. So we never want to lose sight of that as we work our way through this crisis. Well, even as you have individual cases still pending, uh, <coughs> enough time has passed now to survey the damage it has left on the church. It's, it's been devastating. Yeah. You can't fill the churches. You're closing churches. Uh, I, I go to, I've been to so many weddings lately, none of them are in church. No. It's falling apart. No. That's true, and I think the sexual abuse crisis is certainly one of the components of that. I think 100%, that's what I hear. Yeah. Well, I think it's a broader question, too. Again, it gets back to the question of religious practice. Keep in mind that the faith communities across the Western world, across the United States, are suffering, not just from sexual abuse, but from the, the, the tenor of our times, the, the cultural changes, the secularism of our time. It's not just the Catholic Church, Protestant churches, mainline, evangelicals, all the religious communities are declining in, in their practice, the number of adherents, the number of ministers. So sexual abuse is certainly part of it, but it's much more than that. And you're right. I mean, all, if you look at our sacramental numbers now compared to 20 years ago, I think all of our sacramental numbers are down about a third. I'm talking about baptisms, First Holy Communions, confirmations, Weddings, as you say, yep. lots of young people, Catholics, if they're getting married, they're getting married on a beach or some destination yes, place. A friend is married. Or, yep. or they're not getting married at all. They're just living together. So all the sacramental practices have declined in the church in this diocese and across the United States. The numbers are comparable, except in the places in the United States where the population is growing. The Southwest and the South, you know, they're okay. building churches, they're yep. building schools, they have lots of vocations. It's not happening in this part of the world, but it's a phenomenon that's affecting the faith community in general. The Episcopal Church is, is suffering. I mean, the Lutherans in, in Germany are collapsing. It, it, it's just so many places that the practice of religion is, is fading away, and that's, that's tragic. It's very sad. Well, I don't see a reversal, at least in, our, in the U.S. or the Western world. The, the future is in Africa. The future is in South America, yeah. Central America. Especially in Africa is where the church is growing yeah. by leaps and bounds. So it's a generational thing. You know, it was different 50 years ago, as you said. Yeah. God willing, it will be different and better 50 years from now. But this is the hand we've been dealt with. You know, this is what we're the reality we're dealing right. with. What do we do? We don't throw up our hands and quit. We continue doing our work. We work as well as we can, as hard as we can. We do our best, but we also recognize that in the end, God is in charge. Right. He's the one that has to bring this to completion, and someday he will. In the meantime, we work hard and we do the best we can, and we minister to those who are coming to us, and we reach out to invite others in. Well, the, the, the Mass uh, recounts the passion, the bad news first, but then the good news <laughs> is the resurrection, <laughs> the resurrection yeah. at the end. So the bright spots, Catholic school enrollment, spiked during the pandemic. Yes. So there's something there. Our Catholic schools are doing pretty well right now. As you yep. say, they've increased the enrollment for the most part uh, across the diocese. So our schools are as healthy now as they've been in a number of years. Um, and you know, you, you talk about different, different events. I had a confirmation of the cathedral last Sunday. We had nine parishes represented, 90 kids who were confirmed. We had more than a thousand people in yep. our cathedral. The church was very much present and alive. And across the diocese, I'm hearing from pastors that their attendance at Easter Sunday was wonderful. The churches were filled. If everybody who came to Mass right. on Easter came every Sunday, as they should, it would be a very different church. And when you go to the Vatican, they line up to get in. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And now they have two doors. One if yeah. you want to pray, one if you want to be a tourist. You, you, you go there, they can't wait to get in. Yeah. Uh, to, to There's the, still a lot to, of to the interest. Basilica. 
still a lot of interest in the church and in, in faith. So yeah. we need to need to build on that. But um, now we can't just be discouraged by the decline in numbers because as I go around the diocese, I see all the good stuff that's going on. You know, we've expanded our Catholic yeah. charity outreach with Emmanuel House, the homeless shelter that you've reported yes. on, and Keep the Heat On, and the St. Martin de Porres Center, and Gabriel's Call that helps uh, new moms and uh, newborn children. We have so many great things going on around the church. We need to focus on those too. It's a, it's a blessing, it's a gift. And not just for Catholics, by the way. Yep. All of our uh, services are open to non-Catholics as well. Well, uh, I think it was a good interview. I think we covered a lot of things We here. did in uh, a short time. Do you feel you're free to speak a little more freely now that you're about to give it up? It's, it's somebody else's headache well, now. Well, now, now that I'm about to give it up, I'll be speaking less. <laughs> I hope to disappear from the public spotlight as much as possible, but again, still be present to the church yeah. and help the new bishop as much as possible. You're not leaving Rhode Island. You're no. staying here. I will be here. And you're going to stay in the same, 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 same place, right. and uh, that'll, that, that'll stay the same. You'll be here to be called upon to, if to fill in for communion, stuff like that. Yeah, confirmation but, ceremonies. And but you'll be off Twitter? You won't be yeah, writing your column? I'm expecting it off Twitter. I won't be writing my column. That's, those, those are things that a new bishop right. can do if he wants to. Thank you for coming in. Gene, thank you very thank much. Thank you for being responsive. Always. I've been with you. Appreciate it. Thank you.